This is the Financial Compass with Matthew Brunner from Comprehensive Planning Associates. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Matthew provides his clients and prospects with the information that they need regarding social security, retirement income planning, wealth management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now here is Matthew Brunner to help you find your financial direction. Hello and welcome back to the Financial Compass. My name is Matthew Brunner from Comprehensive Planning Associates LTD or Compass. If you'd like more information about what you hear during today's show, give us a call 800-339-9252 or visit us online at compass-ltd.com. While you're at the website, scroll on down to the radio section of the page. You can check out past shows and subscribe to the program on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And please don't hesitate to reach out to us with questions, uh, suggestions for future shows, or to set up a face-to-face or virtual meeting. Now, for many of the folks I'm lucky enough to work with, Social Security is definitely a part of their overall retirement strategy, and they are not alone. So according to the AARP, Social Security pays out almost $100 billion a month to around 65 million retirees. And a 2020 study referenced by AARP indicates that a whopping 90% of U.S. adults support the program. Now, in this day and age, there aren't many things that 90% of people can get behind. <laughs> I mean, I, I, you ask them if water's good and <laughs> I don't know argue. if you get 90%. Yeah. So, um, oh, you know, but, and when you have so many people relying on something like social security, it's only natural for rumors and myths to abound. So during this episode, we're going to address some of the most co- common social security myths head on. But before we address the myths and realities of social security, I want to introduce somebody who, Myth is usually the second word uh, that is mentioned when they mention this person. It usually goes the man, the myth, the legend, and that's Tony Shore. Tony, how are you doing today? Uh, I'm doing great. Thanks for the great introduction. Wow. Uh, And the good topic. I think this is important. They'll sometimes take all week to work on. Yeah. Yeah, they do. No. (laughs) Show prep. Show prep. That's your middle name, show prep. Actually, I should tell the listeners, my new nickname for you is Optimus Prime. Yeah, that's not an endorsement. You are the Optimus Prime of the financial world. I'm not saying whether that's good or bad. I'm just saying that's what you are <laughs> for all our Transformer fans out there. But uh, it's funny you mentioned people could nowadays people even argue about water. And it's true. I was uh, online, of course, and there's a debate wh- that people were saying only warm, only drinking warm water is good for you. It's bad for you to drink cold water. It's like you can't you can't make this up, really. Thank God for the internet, right? I mean, well, you know, I mean, honestly, it's like Abraham Lincoln said: you can't trust anything you read on the internet. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. All right, I've heard that one before, but that's a good one. That's a, I had to throw it out. That's again. a good one. So I never get tired. You know, obviously, Social Security. Uh, people wonder if it's going to be there when we retire, or how much the benefits will shrink and uh, annual cost of living adjustments. Are they going to vanish? And the more you need something, the more you worry about it. So as we get closer to retirement or especially for those in retirement or just going into retirement, uh, they've, they need to know about these social security myths. And really we all do. So uh, what do you got for us? 
Well, there's an AARP article, uh, 10 Social Security Myths That Refuse to Die, addresses some of the most commonly heard myths, uh, the first of which is that Social Security is going broke. Now, I can tell you, I used to do some Social Security uh, seminars back when I was a little younger in this, and they would fill up. I used to have to add extra rooms and nights because of how much people are worried about this one particular oh, yeah. myth. And well, it's a big part of your retirement. I mean, for most people, it's it, going to make up forty percent of their retirement income. For a lot of people, for for a lot of people, it can. Um, and if you, you know, for for most people, yes, right. There's definitely a, a sector of people that it's going to be more, and there's a sector of people that sure. they're going to be fine whether or not Social Security exists or not. So, but you know, what we need to do, you know, so let's discount that group for today because if they if it doesn't matter to them then this is one of the shows they don't need to pay attention to all the rest of you who are going to be counting on social security take a listen to these so um the one social security going broke here's the fact on this one social security is a pay-as-you-go system right it comes out of your check all the time so as long as american workers and their employers are paying payroll taxes the program won't run out of money well, yeah, and that's I, you know it's they've said that before. Oh, it's it, it won't be solvent after the year nineteen ninety four. I remember hearing that in the eighties when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. It's only going to be solvent through ninety four or whatever the year was. I think it was ninety four. Uh, but then they changed that you raise the you know uh, the uh, full retirement age for people, and they do other things to keep it solvent, and they will because it's the third rail of politics. But Seriously, three trillion dollar uh, surplus expected to run dry. Uh, that is alarming to people. Well, yeah, but while it's not going broke, it does face challenges. So, like the program took in more than it paid out for many decades. So, like you said, three trillion dollar surplus by the end of twenty twenty. Now, you wouldn't think that existed from what you hear, but as it currently stands, it is beginning to pay out more than it's taking in. That's generally because of population trends. So the retirees are living longer. There's bigger numbers of them as the baby boomers hit retirement. It's growing faster than the working population. And then the working population maybe isn't contributing as much as some of them did in the past. But regardless, without any changes to the program, that three trillion surplus is expected to run dry by around 2034. Wow. Wow. Yeah, that's that's uh, alarming. That really is. Well, yeah, and that's understandable you say that, but the program won't go broke even once the surplus is gone. At that point, Social Security would still bring in enough money to pay about 78% of benefits, and I know they're kicking different numbers around right sure. now, but Congress would then need to figure out a way to make up for that missing 22%. I'm sure they won't do it by a pay cut at the congressional or Senate level. I'm sure you're not going to see that, but, you know, there might be other ways to do it. Right. And let and so I, I already gave you one opinion about that. But given how important Social Security is to so many people, 90 percent. Right. I don't think Congress is going to let the program. No, wither. it's like There's I said, going to have to be. Some. I think you got a good point. It's like I said, it's a it's the third rail of politics. You're not supposed mm -hmm. to touch it if you want to get reelected. Uh, you mm -hmm. know, you've got right. to advocate for Social Security and keep it solvent. Right. So, and that's not, you know, we haven't even gone to the one idea that was posed a long time ago, and that's putting it in a lockbox. The lockbox. We're going to put right, it so, in a lockbox. <laughs> so, no. All right. So, next common myth Social Security, uh, the age for Social Security is 65. Well, we've talked about this so many times. Right now, reality for retirement age is 66 and two months for 
people born in 1955, uh, 66 and four months during uh, for 56. And during the next handful of years, it's going to keep nudging up in those two-month increments until it's age 67 for anyone born 1960 or later. So the 65 myth has lived on because when Social Security was enacted in 1935, 65 was the eligibility age. Now, decades later, they dropped that to 62. That's when you could take a reduced benefit. And it's probably, you know, that was probably in response to some other things like, oh, well, um, <laughs> if they're, everybody's getting this much. Hey, if we give them a reduced option, most people will take that. Right. So, <laughs> yeah. If we can give it to them earlier, they'll take it earlier and then we don't have to pay out as much. So um, now, but you could take it, but you know, 65 remained the full retirement age until now in 1983, when the full retirement age went up in order to reduce programs cost. Um, that was when that happened. Like I said, so you were hearing in those years, like you said, you know, it's going to run out in two, 1994. Now, 2002 was the last year in which people who turned 65 could receive their full, their full benefit. So it's been inching up since. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's, that's important. And it's interesting. I don't know the history behind all the changes uh, to the full retirement age. It's, it's gone up though. Well, yeah, I mean, we live longer, uh, healthier lives for a lot of people. Uh, full retain, re retirement age has to go up. Uh, so it's just what it has to do because otherwise it won't be able to support itself. Next myth. I've heard, uh, heard a lot of this during my careers. Annual cost of living adjustment or COLA is automatic. So by law, benefits must be adjusted annually to keep up with inflation, but that doesn't necessarily mean a yearly COLA jump. So COLA is linked to the federal index of prices for certain consumer goods and services. That's called the CPIW. Uh, Social Security benefits are adjusted yearly according to the changes in the CPIW from the third quarter of one year to the third quarter of the next year. So in 2021, the CPIW showed a 5.9% jump in prices, so benefits will be 5.9% higher this year. Now, again, it's not a perfect science because it is those quarters, so sometimes it doesn't match um, with actual annual point-to-point -point things. That particular annual point-to-point -point does. And I said, you know, years and years ago, I did these seminars in Social Security, and I did have one person who came and then scheduled an appointment with me, uh, actually two, to really, I think, just, tell me how much he thought that the CPI was a conspiracy. And we spent two hours talking about that. And I was glad to help him get that off his chest. But um, listen, there will be, there will be cost of living adjustments, but they do, they're, they're not always what you think. There's no standard. Mm. Interesting. It's going to change. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And uh, you know, so if there's no price jump, uh, there's no jump in the cola. Right. Yeah. You're not going to get it. And I said, no standard, there's no guaranteed annual increase, right? The, if the CPIW doesn't show a measurable price jump, that indicates we have little to no inflation, meaning your monthly social security check isn't going to be bigger. I don't think we have to worry about little to no inflation right now, but there's no way of predicting what it'll be next year. So since the current formula went into effect though, this very scenario has played out three times. 2010, 2011, 2016. Regardless of whether or not the formula calls for an increase of benefits, the process though is automatic. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's true. And so obviously there have been years you know, inflation has been low, uh so there have been uh, not very many really big cost of living increases. Mm -hmm. In fact, there haven't been any until this year. So 
Uh, it's been about 30 years since we've had a price increase uh, of the cola, like 5.9, right? That size, it's been quite yeah. some time. So uh, that's, this is good, but I know our listeners will have questions about all this because there's a lot of Probably. ins and outs here. Yeah. So how are they going to get a hold of you, Matt? Uh, well, uh, you can call us. That's, that's the easiest way. That's 800-339-9252. Unless you are uh, prone to thinking computers are easier, then that's just as easy. Go to compass-ltd.com and you can get us right through the website. Those are the two easiest ways to get me. By foot is hard. I walk really fast. <laughs> you are a fast walker. I, I can attest yeah. to that. That's Not true. much of a runner, but a very fast walker. <laughs> Well, hey, we're talking about these commonly held myths when it comes to Social Security. And I know for a lot of people, a lot of our listeners, Social Security either is or will be a key component of their retirement strategy, which naturally can increase people's anxiety about the program and its future. So what's the next important Social Security myth we need to be aware of? How about this? Members of Congress don't have to pay into Social Security. Now, it's been long common complaint that members of Congress don't give Social Security the proper amount of attention because it doesn't cover them, though. But since uh, 1984, members of Congress, as well as other federal employees, have been part of the program. Now, before 84, members of Congress didn't pay into Social Security because they were part of the Civil Service Retirement System, uh, CSRS. Those who were in office before the beginning of 84 could continue, uh, continue utilizing that, but only in conjunction with Social Security. Those elected after January 1st, 1984, which I think there's like 10 or 11 people in Congress who haven't been serving since then. That's just, that's just, just silliness, right? But they're covered by Social Security and the pension plan that replaced CSRS. Wow. Okay. So uh, all these numbers, uh, you know, CSRS, yeah, yeah, all these uh, acronyms yeah. or whatever, uh, the government's good at those, right? Sure. Uh, and I'm glad sure you cleared is. that one up. Right. Yeah, so what's right? the uh, what's the next one? Well, hopefully, yeah, hopefully uh, no one's been losing sleep over that CSRS <laughs> yeah. for the last couple of weeks. Never, and if so, never. I'm glad I finally brought it out. Never there. heard of it. Yeah. <laughs> so next common myth, the government will dip into Social Security to fund other government programs. Now, the two trust funds that pay out Social Security, one for retirees and their survivors and the other for people uh, with disabilities are not part of the government's general fund. The government can and does borrow from Social Security. Yes. Uh, and the I don't know if you've seen the latest uh, debt clock, but, you know, let's just say Social Security's tax revenue, though, is invested in special U.S. Treasury securities. Like with other Treasury Department bonds, the government can spend the money on numerous programs. But like with any bondholder, the Treasury has to pay the money back with interest. Social Security redeems the securities to meet its uh, responsibilities. Now, that borrowing powers the rumor that the government is snatching money from Social Security and leaving a pile of IOUs behind. But in reality, the government's always repaid the money in full. Wow. Okay. Uh, that's interesting. And so, obviously, um, uh, people are worried. That's where the lockbox comes in. Uh, mm -hmm. Is the government going to touch that money? And, you know, uh, I've worried about that. That's one that I worry about. And I know people who view the Social Security uh, as a personal retirement savings account as well for their own personal use. Where does that one fall into the myth versus reality? Well, the government doesn't hold your payroll tax contributions in a personal account that's eventually paid out to you with interest after you retire. Uh, your Social Security benefit is determined 
by the amount of money you earn during your career, not on how much you kick into the system. So again, your contributions cover benefits for current retirees. And when you retire, those still working will help cover your benefits. So rather than thinking of Social Security as a retirement account like a 401k or an IRA, it's better to think of it like an earned benefit the government will pay you so that you have some level of income during your golden years. Right. Yeah, there you go. And I think that's that's important. When you say, though, some level of income, how much are we talking about? Well, Social Security wasn't designed to replace the entire amount of money you made while you were working. For most people, Social Security will provide roughly 40% of pre-retirement earnings. Ah, okay. Yeah, that's what Yeah, that's what I thought I'd heard. And you've said that before. And, and here's mm. something else I've heard a number of times over the years. You don't, people think you don't have to pay taxes on your Social Security benefit. Is that myth or reality? <laughs> Busted. <laughs> uh, yeah, that one's a myth, uh, at least after 1984. That year, Congress passed the Social Security overhaul. So among other things, it dictated that a portion of your Social Security benefits are taxable. The amount you pay depends on your income level. Uh, it's my personal opinion that if the government just did their job the way they should, that wouldn't be the case. But they are constantly uh, <laughs> doing things and spending more money. So if they just took care of their other taxes, they could probably put money into Social Security. But that's my, you know particular take on things. Um, they could they could add money to the Social Security pot. But since since it is what it is, we're, we're feeding the monster. You will pay federal income tax on as much as 50 percent of your benefit if your income for the year is between twenty five thousand and thirty four thousand for an individual filer and between thirty two thousand and forty four thousand for joint filers. Wow. Well, and that's uh, that's interesting. Uh, what about state taxes, though? Well, you may owe state taxes on Social Security if you live in, uh, okay, there's a list, Colorado, Connecticut, Kansas, Minnesota, Missouri, Montana, Nebraska, New Mexico, Rhode Island, Vermont, Utah, or West Virginia. Mm, My home state of Minnesota. All those states that are known for where everybody goes to retire. Oh, no, wait, that's (laughs) not them. It isn't them, and that's why. So Mm -hmm. that's a big reason. Well, considering everything you've told us so far today, it inspires me to note that your social security strategy is a great reason for people to work closely with somebody like yourself, a financial services professional. And you have a social security maximization report that you can run for our listeners as well. Is that correct? We sure do. We take a whole bunch of things into consideration, have some phenomenal software that runs a bunch of calculations and we can adjust some of the parameters for like your particular longevity in your family or something like that. But we'll start always by kind of using the government's mortality tables. And that's such a harsh word. I hate saying it. It feels just wrong talking about that. But right. that's that's it's the inevitability. Yeah. Right. But um, we use that mortality table first. And then if you have a you know, especially long living family, we'll adjust it for that so that we can really find what your best strategy is. For some people, it's to take it early. You know, we've talked about this in so many shows. We've done so many shows dedicated just to this topic because, again, this is something 90% are behind and so many are worried about. So um, some for some people, it makes sense to take it at 62. Sure. For, you know, for others, it's somewhere between there and the highest it can get, which is your full, you know, the uh, you're, you're going to get to a point where it won't roll up anymore. So, and although they changed that goalpost a little too over time, um, 
it, it it's not the same as it used to be because the full retirement age is going up. So the difference between your maximum amount and your full retirement age, that gap is closed a little bit because full retirement age has gotten a little higher, but it's still a guaranteed rate of return over time. So, uh, yeah, so extremely important and work with a financial services professional who can maximize that for you. Now let's not, let's go on to another sure. commonly held myth. Your ex spouse's benefits come out of your own. The fact is that if you're divorced, your former spouse may be eligible to receive Social Security based on your earning history. Uh, similar to benefits for a current spouse, these can be as much as 50% of the benefit amount that you'll receive when you reach full retirement age. But here's the really important part. Benefits for your current or ex-spouse don't shrink your own benefit. There's separate payments that don't affect the size of your monthly check, mostly because of what we talked about just before, which is it's not a personal account that your stuff is held in. It's based on a formula and funded by others. Ah, okay. Well, yeah, that's good to know. Uh, no matter what, you're going to get the benefits that you're entitled to. That's good. What's another myth? Uh, here's one a lot of people have probably heard. You'll permanently lose benefits if you choose to keep working. Now, it does have an earnings limit rule, Social Security, that may temporarily slash the benefit of folks who are still working, but it doesn't impact all working beneficiaries and it's also temporary the rule covers those who take benefits before their full retirement age and continue to work in this scenario social security will withhold a portion of benefits if earnings from a job rise above a set cap and that cap changes yearly differs depending on how close you are to your full retirement age wow okay yeah and that's that's so not confusing at all <laughs> Well, I think it's good to understand that, that, you know, they'll take back Social Security if you're making too much money still, uh, but then they give it back to you at a later date. So you, in that case, if you're going to be working full time or earning a certain amount, uh, you might want to wait to take those benefits, let them roll up anyway. Uh, but that's, again, why you want to uh, have that Social Security maximization report run and work with a financial services professional. Now, mm -hmm. we're almost out of time for today's show. Why don't you let our listeners know how they can get a hold of you one more time and maybe get that uh, social security report? Well, super easy. You, like I said, you can call us 800-339-9252. That's just 10 buttons. Or you could go to <laughs> compass-ltd.com, which is slightly more buttons, but uh, you can actually, if you go through there and you go to the top left-hand part of the uh, page, there's a thing called get your color of money risk score. Sure. And if you go in and fill out the stuff in there, you can actually start the work and request your social security maximization uh, information right through that. We'll get a notification that you're looking for. If you're missing any information, we'll help you figure out where to get that from. And we can get that report going for you and ready to talk about, you know, in time for your first sit down. And there's, there's no cost. There's no obligation to that report. We're happy to run them. Uh, it's, it's software. It's a lot easier than the 20,000 calculations it used to take with paper and pencil, or even before that with chisels and stone. But I, that was before I started working at the office, <laughs> but the, uh, so no, the software does some great, amazing work. It's, it's thousands and thousands of calculations. If, if you are a math genius, feel free to do it yourself. If you're any other normal human being, we're more than happy to run that social security maximization report. And again, there's no cost or obligation to that. There's no cost or obligation to sit down, show you what that looks like. 
Uh, we will want to talk to you about how you put it into your plan, what you're going to want to plan for. And if you want to take those next steps with us, we'll talk about that as well. Um, but more importantly, find if you can't come to us and you don't want to do it with us, find someone who will help you with this. Again, you're probably more than likely one of the people that Social Security is going to play a major part in your retirement. So the best bet is to make sure it's working the best it can for sure. you. Sure. I think that's important. Well, uh, you know, obviously, uh, Social Security is an important topic for so many people, but you need a plan. I mean, that's the bottom line. I hope people will give you a call. Uh, a very informative show today, Matt, but we're out of time. And that does it for today's episode of The Financial Compass with our host, Matthew Brunner. Thank you for listening to The Financial Compass. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound retirement plan. For more information, please contact Matthew Brunner at Comprehensive Planning Associates. Call 800-339-9252 or visit their website at compass-ltd.com. All matters discussed during this show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Insurance products and services, fee-based financial planning, and investment advisory services are offered by Comprehensive Planning Associates, LTD. Compass, a registered investment advisor in the state of Connecticut. Securities are offered by Gretchen Brunner and Matthew Brunner through Gradient Securities, LLC, Arden Hills, Minnesota, 866-991-1539. Member FINRA, SIPC. Comprehensive Planning Associates, LTD, Compass, and Gradient Securities, LLC are not affiliated companies. Gradient Securities, LLC, and Comprehensive Planning Associates, LTD, Compass are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any government agency. Please refrain from posting reviews of your experience as this may be considered testimonials and are prohibited by the Securities and Exchange Commission, SEC. Like should not be considered a positive reflection of the investment advisory services offered by Gradient Securities, LLC, GS, and or their investment advisor representatives.